0: From Atlanta, Georgia, you are now live from the Midnight Circus. This is Lahamadu, and I've got a great show for you today. Today, our featured artist is Nick Schneblin. He's got a brand new release out. We'll be listening to tracks from that. And of course, we'll be talking with Nick at the top of the hour. Now, this is the voice of Indie Blues. This is the show that brings you nothing but currently touring artists who are out there creating new, original music rooted in the blues. We embrace the diversity of music that always has and still is being created from those roots. Now, if you get a chance, stop by our website at makingascene.org. We got some great articles, CD reviews, artist interviews, podcasts, and so much more. In the meantime, I have got some great new music I know you're going to love. And some great new artists I just can't wait to introduce you to. In the meantime, kick back and relax, because I aim to misbehave.
1: Load. And I'll tell your mama, like, lonely, whoosh, she got a heavy heart, ain't do too good. Oh, this world is starting, we're burning, it dies, Lord, this world is burning, so let's time things arrive. So now, sitting up in the trees, looking at you, you looking at me. Fish in the wildlife, flat in the speck, can't get up and go since so the river turned way. Oh, this world is trying, we're running And down, down, down. This world is blind.
2: Gotta tell me the truth, baby. I went through. I
1: went through. through. Yeah. Well, I drove on up to the stop sign. I
2: saw you close this big red door.
1: smile at me Just like I all were meant to be I gotta stop lying to myself And if you want somebody else now Won't you tell me the truth scale. Now you sing it with me. Breathe. Now let's try it like this.
0: gear reviews and interviews with industry professionals that give you real world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level we bring you new content every day makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them Head on over and become part of the indie revolution.
1: Gonna rock the shade, gonna scream my name, make you shout now, honey, gonna make
0: And now, here is an indie blues double shot from our featured artist today, Nick Sneblin. And stay tuned for that interview. It comes up right after these songs.
1: folks living in the lap of a luxury long distance called me he said how are we gonna fix this mess
0: from his brand new release. And we got Nick on the line right now. Hey, Nick, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Now, you've been on the show several times, but we always start things off by giving our fans the opportunity to get to know who you are as an artist. And the best thing to do that is to go through your journey, how you got to where you are today. So give us the story of Nick Schneblin.
3: I I, I love it. I love it. Um, You know, I've grown up. I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, We have a rich cultural history of blues and jazz. And I fell in love with it. At the age of, I don't know, 13 or 14 years old, my father was an exceptional guitarist in the community of Kansas City, and my mother was a a wonderful, awesome singer. Um, I come from a long line of... Uh, musicians that have performed in this area. My great grandmother uh, Evelyn Skinner was; uh, she had a, her own uh, big band in the 30s and 40s. Um, my great grandfather and and great grandmother on my father's side um, had a string band in the 1920s in Kansas City. And I'm just continuing. I'm just a, another part of of. You know, a lineage of musicians, and that's who I am, and that's what I identify with. And and you know, going forward, you know, um, writing blues songs isn't really important to me. Um, I love the human condition, and I love to talk about it, and I love to express that in my writing and my songs.
0: Okay. Now, let's talk about this new release. If you were walking down the street and you ran into someone, you had to give them that elevator pitch about what this is about and and your your motivation for it. Tell us what you would tell them.
3: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: So, I titled this record
3: We were talking about we were just we were ripping between songs. We like to joke between songs a little bit you know, stage banter, so to speak. And I said, you know, what key is trouble in? And I, I said that and I was like, hang on a second, there, there's something to that. And so this is a blues album. And, you know, we're talking about troubles, they, you know, in, in, in blues, we talk about the human condition, we talk about um so, you know, I had, you know, I've had some, you know, some rough moments in my life where I would talk about, you know, personal things, but I was like, well, hang on a second. Let's, let's flip this out and let's talk about like different kinds of troubles that people have. So there's three, di- you know, on this record, there's, I mean, there's more, but there's, there's basically three different types of trouble. And the first one is, you know, uh, a relationship trouble that you have, you know, with a, with a, with a partner or something like that. And then there's a, and there's, <laughs> troubles um in the world and you know uh with you know uh, homelessness and things like that and and then troubles within your own mind with you know struggles within yourself so the three different kinds of struggles that I'm kind of speaking about on this record you know speaks a difference but it, every time I dig into one or two or the third one you know I just find more um and the one that has really touched me the most is troubles you know in our communities with homeless people and folks that are just having a really hard time getting along down the road now i personally have a nice home because i take care of my house and i'm lucky to have one and and i just i almost want to cry cuz i feel blessed cuz i have a nice place to live in and you know it's and i just i feel bad when it gets really super cold and i'm and I'm, you know, closing the windows, make sure, making sure that, you know, there's no drafts and things like that. But then I'm thinking, there's people out there in this world with children sitting in cars, sleeping, trying to figure out how they're going to get the next meal. And I'm just, I just, I just, I don't know. And getting a little older, I start to realize how sad this is. So I felt like that was something that I wanted to bring to the table on this record, alongside. You know some relationship things, and alongside, um, you know, uh, some, you know, the facts, you know, that just stand on the table with what people need in this world.
0: Okay, now um, let's talk about your process as a songwriter. Now, to get all these thoughts down, what what is kind of your uh, your switch that you use when you sit down the right to write? The kind of you know, taps into that muse for you.
3: Um, I, I'm a I'm a, uh, I'm a singer um, and a songwriter, and I'm also a, a guitarist. That's that's the way I like to put it. And I, I play a little bit of keys too, and, and and I write with on the keyboard because I like to be able to lay a, a song out so that I can have horns and you know that it can continue on beyond the guitar in a songwriting situation. Um, and I really enjoy, uh, uh, <clears throat> I enjoy doing, uh, writing songs off the cuff. Um, I typically, you know, collect my songs and writings, um, On my phone, uh, on my voice memos, is a typical... I mean, to any other songwriter in the world, you know, that's out there listening, yes, use your voice memos, please. Because when I was younger, we didn't have that. I had a Walkman, I had a a, a tape recorder, and I would record my ideas. And they were so difficult to, you know... When I revisit them, it's so difficult to to do that. But having... um, the technology we have, music is a technology-driven um, art, and having these tools that we have at our disposals on our phones is great. Um, so I will go through, I will, I, I'm, I'm always writing, and I'm always collecting my ideas, always. And then and I always make sure that I have a responsibility to make sure that whatever idea I have, that I collect it correctly on my phone so that I can revisit it six months, nine months from now, and then know exactly what my idea was. And then I will go through them and I will, the, then I will pick the best and I will work on them. And I'll even, and I, but I never, I never treat an idea like it's, you know, in the past, you know? So I always revisit my ideas and um, and then eventually I will collect them and I'll have, you know, 30, 40, 50 of them and then I'll pare it down to, 10 or 12 or 15 and then refine them, you know, and if I see something that's really good and I'm not quite there on it, I follow my gut. And if I find that I need help on a song, then I will contact a friend that can help me uh, see it to fruition.
0: Okay. Now you mentioned, you know, you're utilizing your your cell phone and your memos on your cell phone to capture those ideas. And, there's a lot of technology that has been adopted by songwriters as tools in their toolkit uh, whether it's the cell phone or a home recording studio or even some of the software that's out there what are some of the other tools that you have found to become indispensable to you as a writer
3: um, my pianos um, I love working on the keyboard. Um, and I'd like to flush, I, I, I'm a guitarist and a singer and a songwriter. So I also like to, like I said, like work through the piano to make sure that I've got the song quarterly. Correct. I mean, to, to correct is a loose term for, um, you know, um, communication with a um, horn section or string strings or something like that, you know, to make sure that that's, you know, lined out, but I'm just, I was going to say, you know, kind of going back to the last question, um, it's really important that you, you know, that you collect your ideas because if you don't collect your ideas, when I was younger in the nineties and stuff like that, um, we didn't have these devices and, um, I lost a few great songs. I'll just be honest, you know, and I lost them because I didn't have the tools to collect them like we do today.
0: Okay. Now, of course, every songwriter has to um, get to a point in, in the writing process where they declare that song as finished, or at least finished in the writing phase. Uh, a lot of songwriters I talk to say they never finish a song, they just abandon it. Um, but you got to get to that point where you move it into production, where you give it to the band, you give it to the producer, and they kind of put their fingerprints on it. Um what is your quantifier that allows you to determine when a song is ready to move to that next phase?
3: I love that question. I love that question because i I work with some songwriters, and I love it yeah, that's a really good one so it's it's good that like people like to start projects and not finish them. That's just what that's kind of in our human nature and so it has to be it has to be finished and it, you have to be able to walk away from it. Knowing that it's gonna stand like cut in stone, finished, you know, and you know and where it goes from there there's a there's a, there's another side to that to that uh, you know uh, extrapolation of of what the song is in the future I mean, whether you know you finish a song a certain way and then it turns into another song during performances, you know right. and and that's totally okay. It's okay. A song is, is not, you know, it's not cut in stone. You know, you take um, a famous song, you know, like my, one of my, you know, one of my, you know, Marvin Gaye, you heard it through the grapevine. You know, we love that song. It's great. But then when he does it live, it's like a 10 minute version. You know, and it's, and it's, it's totally got all these other elements and stuff. Um, so that song was perfect when it was finished, but then it becomes something different when it's performed live. And then when it's covered by other people through eras, you know, it's amazing to see what a song can become after it's finished. That's really interesting to me.
0: Okay. Now, um, let's talk about going into the studio because that's another creative process all on its own. Once you write the song, you now have to give it its identity, its, its sound, its feel. And not only for the song, but also for you as an artist, that sound is identifying to you as an artist. When you get in that environment, what, do you, what is your process that allows you to capture the sound that you're looking for, that identifies you as an artist?
3: Exactly. If that's that is that. I love the question. It's a, it's awesome because you know I write songs from memory and from experience, and so I'm writing a song about something you know in my life or something or some or a certain feeling that I have from a certain period of time, and that was then, and this is now, and now we are at the studio and we are recording a song, so. You know, I re- like I said, you know, it's great to, to capture these ideas and feelings and then go back and revisit them um, at a moment in a recording situation. So I try to honor my original intent as much as I can and also allow for all of this uh, spontaneity and, you, you know, and uh, improvisation. We're so, my, me and my band are so improvisational um, that, you know, when I wrote the song six months ago on my cell phone and I'm bringing it to the studio now and I went through it and figured out what I want to do, you know, I'm about 50 50 on that. I've, I've got like 50 50 percent of the, the structure and the idea. And then I'm going to leave the other 50 percent to uh, spontaneity and, and, you know, and improvisation with in the session. Um, but like I said, it's you know, this is a it's a it's like a gut thing. You know, it's like, People might want to be trying to, you know, get this album out like today. And I'm like, give us a second. We need to figure this out. You know, we need to get these uh, these sounds right, you know? And, but it's mostly music between musicians. It's, it's, it's an unspoken language between us. My drummer and I can finish each other's sentences and we're not even trying to, but we can. And we do that in the studio and so and I have his support and my bass player, Cliff's support that we walk into a song and just, you know, I mean, we prepared, but then we're prepared for what might come because you don't, you know, the fortune of it is you might end up with something. If you want to get it all rigid and strict, when you go into the studio, you're going to miss 50% of the spontaneity and the, uh, improvisation.
0: Right. Okay. Now, um, of course, you know, once you get, um, all this, you know, recorded, you have to get it out. You have to, uh, create a buzz and you're working with, uh, Amy, uh, Brat from Brat Girl Media. Uh, tell me a little oh, yeah. bit about that relationship. That relationship started with, uh, my family band trampled
3: underfoot. Um, and <laughs> basically, uh, it comes down to uh, a a business model and my family band for our first couple of records felt like this was the best business model for where we were at. And that was uh, the best for us. Um, So, you know, moving back and forth, it's about, you know, it's about um, familiarity. Um, I just got really just got reconnected uh, down in Memphis during the IBC. We hosted the uh, jam at the Bum Boogie on the Thursday, and Bob Margolin. My lord, I grew up listening to Bob Margolin with Muddy Waters. I mean, while all while, you know, while all the other kids my age were listening to, you know, popular music and stuff, I was in my pickup truck with my Howlin' Wolf and my Muddy Waters tapes. I had a tape deck in my truck, and I just had this stack of tapes, and that's what I listened to. I listened to the radio occasionally, but I was mainly listening to blues. And then to get to play with Bob Margolin, who's one of the one of the owners of Biztone Records, um, and getting to play with him a couple of weeks ago, you know, it just recemented my love for um, their mission, and also, you know, for my love of blues music. I mean, getting to play, you know, for two hours with Bob Margolin is incredible. It's, it's awesome.
0: Oh yeah, you know, oh, definitely. He's left.
3: Oh yeah, I know. Not just playing, but but, but, but kill. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Now, um, tell me a little bit about the lineup on this. Who's playing on it?
3: Um, it's my, it, it is my band. Um, previous records, I've done studio bands um, and had great results. Um, but this particular record, I wanted to write the songs, produce the record with my uh, co-producer and manager, Chris Hardwick who I love dearly and think he's great and he's got great ideas. We've never had a problem. Um, um, And it's my bass player and my drummer. And this is a, you know, a three-piece record. Um, I had some keys added to it. uh, The wonderful Aaron Mayfield from Atlanta um, on organ and as well as Red Young. And, you know, it was really, really, really cool. Uh, Most of the tracks were cut in one or two takes. Um, and I'm very proud of that. And I'm just, you know, just super thankful for this record.
0: Okay. Now let's talk a little bit about the industry itself. I mean, you've been in the industry. In fact, I remember, uh, I was at the IBC when you, uh, when you won trampled when trampled on the foot one, um, oh, wow. yeah, I've done, you know, so you guys go back a little ways and I mean, let's face it, you know, uh um, we have to accept the reality that uh, the consumer today really has embraced streaming as a way to consume music. The yeah. problem is, is that recorded music now no longer has uh, status as a product; it's now a service. <clears throat> you know, you, uh, yes, yeah. nobody's buying recorded music anymore. You know, yeah, and and that really affects the independent artist. Uh, How has this shift in perception affected you as an artist up to this point?
3: Yeah, I would say, um, yes, you are totally correct. Um, The CD is no longer a, you know, viable listening option. But I will say that the CD is something you can't get online. But you can get it at the show and you can... Meet the artist, and you can have them sign it for you, and it can become a miniature version of an LP for your collection um, as a fan. But as far as listening, though, yes, it's pushed more towards um, the the, the industry. It's it's gone on on online. It's on you know the streaming, you know, and and it's so sad because the streaming factor. I mean, I had some great years with my brother and sister in the world of CDs because we could, you know, we would sell CDs and people would listen to them, you know, like they would take them and they would take their signed CD, open it and put it in the car and then listen to it on the way home and then listen to it for, you know, one pass or two or whatever, 10 or 20 or whatever. Um, but yeah, now... But they, you know, if you really want to support your artists, you know, buy their stuff, buy their hats, buy their shirts, buy their CDs, you know, their tapes or their LPs, you know, and collect them, you know, you know, you can't collect an online thing. I mean, you can, I guess, but you're not going to really have an experience where you've met the artist and that have them hand write something on it for you as a, you know, as a gift. But... But yeah, no, as far as, as far as the platform for, you know, it's, it's definitely changed everything that I will agree with that, you know, and I'm, well, I'm you, know.
0: Yeah, you know, and I agree. We have to support artists with their merch, but the problem really extends a lot further. Um, if you look at streaming um, and, and how it is, you know, compensating artists for their content And let's face it, you know, uh, the bulk of their content really comes from the independent artist community. And, you know, those are the ones that are really getting most of the shaft, more or less. Um, If you look at the the way that the the structure is for streaming, this is not a sustainable business model for the music industry.
3: I agree. But, you know, I will agree that it is a problem, but, you know... I'll go back to what I was saying before, and that is, music is a technology-based art form, and in technology, technology gets replaced. There used to be these roles around the turn of the, you know, twentieth century that 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 was music was played on, and then it went to um, I have an Edison player, um, and then it went to the Victrola, then it went to vinyl, then it went to. You know, eight track, then it went to cassette tapes, then it went to CD, and now it's not even existing anymore as far as a product that you know an industry could corner with production. And so, where we're at now is just the next phase. I would say, I would say it's a problem for those that that aren't um, that aren't apt to the change. It's a problem for people that are still trying to sell eight tracks. You know, but it's the, it's the future, and it's just where it's going. But I I do also agree that the business model is, you know, um, aligned more towards, you know, uh, the companies making the money off of the work that other people that other people invest in. I mean, like, you know, I, I make my records. I pay for that record to be made. You know, it's not like I'm getting compensated like you would in the other business models. But, you know, as a problem, yeah, it's a problem. But if we are going to play music and we're going to put music out, we have to find a way to exist in this new format.
0: Well, see, that's one of the things I found interesting, and you kind of hit on a really interesting uh, angle on it, um, because things always do change. Uh, if you look at the digital revolution and how it has evolved to where it is today, you you know, you started out with LimeWire and and, um, and Napster, where everyone was kind of file sharing and, you know, um, everyone was digitizing their CDs and then putting them up online. And then all of a sudden, you know, everyone's saying, oh, you can't stop this. This is going to be around forever. And then along comes Apple and their iPod yeah. and, and, you know, iTunes and 99 cent downloads and, Everyone's saying, oh, well, Apple's involved now. No, they control the industry. We'll never get rid of Apple. Well, who the hell has an iPod now? You know, everyone has got their iPhones. And, you know, and then along comes, you know, Spotify and Pandora and, you know, all of those other streaming services, Deezer and Apple and Amazon. And now they control the industry. But they're not too big to fail not too big to be replaced and there is technology coming up that promises um to change the music industry um hopefully for the better uh we as artists have to be proactive in this new change in order to ensure that it does not get corrupted like the technology of streaming did um one of the things that i'm seeing is there are streaming platforms that are being developed or are actually out there like Audius, emanate uh, audio locks which are based on the same technology as cryptocurrency which is the blockchain and they embed these applications within the blockchain along with these smart contracts and the idea is to decentralize the music industry. Um, and one of the reasons is, is I read this article in Billboard magazine where they stated that of all the billions of dollars that are being generated by uh, the music industry, only 12% gets back to the artist. And that's really yeah, that's taking good. into account all the artists, not just independent <laughs> artists. You know, And so even the, the independent artists, I'm sure that that... Percentages much lower than yeah um, than the you know the major label artists. So, but that is a, a terrible statistic. You know, it's it, it's awful. You know,
3: but I think um, you know at the end of the day, too, walking into this, um, who's creating the music? The artist is. Right. You know, um, it's just it's it's like uh, it, you know the only I can say that look in your inbox of your email and find all the spam email that, that, that you get. And that is bleeding out your inbox. But it's also, that's a reflection of what's going on in the music music industry with people's art. Um, their music is turned into, you know, it just, it's just, it's a kind of a free for all. Uh, you know, there's, it's difficult to track um, how often your song is getting played. It's difficult to see through the you know everybody downloading your songs on these you know free platforms and stuff like that the music's free the music's free music free you know i think you know protecting your inbox as an artist and your songs and protecting that's probably where the new i was would, would give advice to artists is to to protect you know who gets your music and how you put it out i mean there's several examples of artists that have really tightened up you know, buttons you know, battened down the hatches on their boat to to control where their music going. And you know, and and if anything, that just creates demand for your music. But well, it's free to everybody, it's free to everybody. But well these streaming can-
0: platforms are claiming that they can pay up to eighty percent of the incoming revenue back to the artist. Because there are no They've eliminated the distributors, the aggregators, the record companies. All of those are, or you know, it's more of a direct relationship between the fan and the artist when you use these new streaming services. And I think as more artists move to these streaming services, Spotify, Pandora, all these other ones are either going to adapt or, or go by the wayside, you know?
3: I also, think, I also think about, look, you know, everybody, there's a lot of people out there that love to play music. They play music because they love to. It makes their soul happy. And, and they will do whatever it takes to get their music out there. And I think that, you know, these companies will, will prey on that feeling to make money. And it's sad to me to think that there's artists out there that probably shouldn't be out there, but they are. And then there's artists out there that can't get out front because they're because, because of all this, you know, and they, are not, if they don't have a million hits on a song, then they're not going to get, you know, a nickel for every time their song gets played. It's just, it's frustrating, you know, and then there's artists that are great and write great songs. And then they, they, you know, they're getting squashed by all this, try and they're trying to get ahead in the world. You know, I, you know, it's just, it's really interesting to me, you know, but you know, and at the end of the day too, I'm, I'm a songwriter and a musician. I love to do it. If people like my music and they love it, I want them to come into my camp. You know, I don't, I don't you know, i much of a, I'm not, a, I'm a musician, not a lawyer. And I don't, you know, it's just, I'm trying to do the best I can to, serve myself and my fans
0: okay well you know i also there's this other technology that i'm watching um there's a site called royal.io which allows you to create these non-fungible tokens or these nfts that represent a portion of your streaming royalties or they could represent a portion of your publishing and uh, one of the big rap artists did this and they made enough of these to cover uh, one half of the streaming royalties on two of his songs and he put them out and sold it to his fan base was able to raise $600,000 in upfront income plus now over 3,000 fans that now have an economic interest in making sure that his music is streamed it's almost like selling stock in a song
3: you I love it. I think, I think it is a fabulous idea. You know, like I said though, you know, it'd be great to just, you know, only release music on your website through a, you know, through an encrypted source and just to have it be able to just be played from it. You know, the, 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 days of the ISRC code, you know, will track radio and will track things, but it just doesn't, you know, the like you said, 80% of the money doesn't go back to the artist. And when it, when an artist and there's nothing more frustrating than when you have a car wash and every time somebody washes their car at your car wash, eighty percent of that money goes to somebody else. I mean, you know, eighty percent of those quarters go to somebody else. I mean, that's frustrating.
0: Oh yeah, I agree. No. Now you know one of the things I did notice is that as the uh, the recorded music started to wane as a product the branding of an artist now becomes the new product and a lot of artists have gone on to the internet especially since the pandemic hit to kind of um establish their brand to utilize content and social media marketing to kind of um almost create their own reality show almost create uh, give their fans kind of that that backdoor access to their world what are some of the things that you're doing with content and social media that's helping you with this current release?
3: Huh. Uh, you know, I'm loving this conversation because I'm learning a lot. Um, I, I think it, it's uh, it's sad that, uh, you know, these these huge platforms exist that we go on to, uh, to try to get more visibility, yet we're getting gutted out with, you know, with downloads and streams, which you would like to have. But the problem is, is that, you know, uh, y- you know, I'm using the same platforms that everybody else is really, you know, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm leaning on the iTunes and leaning on the, you know, downloadable you know, streams to, you know, and for, for access to a large audience, but I'm not getting paid any, you know, very little or if nothing really, um, for these, you know, for these, for these items. And I, you know, I can totally see why Jack White doesn't do it this way. Um, I agree that, you know, we need to, as artists, you know, take a step back, bring things in and create our own platforms and sell from there. I mean, you know, and like, just like anybody else would, you know, you might miss some visibility on iTunes, but you're going to get your revenue.
0: Okay. All right. Well, you know, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, talking with us. And uh, we're going to give everyone out there an indie blues double shot from your new release. You guys are going to love this. You know what? Turn it up loud. Screw those But days. Hey, I
3: want to, I want like to speak about the record for another second. If sure, I can yeah, go ahead. I'm super proud of this album. I've been working so i worked so hard on it um you know i, I i'd like to say i worked really hard on it but i want to say that it's just it's me just being me the guitars sound great the vocals are on point the songs are finished and awesome um my kick butt drummer and bass player and i that i play with uh <laughs> We, we brought the songs to the table, and we made it happen, um, I'm very proud of it. It's about the songs, the album's called What Key Is Trouble In? And it's about all the troubles in the world that people have to live with and deal with socially, personally, relationally, and that's my, that's what I'm bringing to the table.
0: Great, all right, well, you guys out there, you're gonna love this, here, here is the double shot.
1: down to the night man, whiskey bottle in my hand. Walking down to the night man, whiskey bottle in my hand. There was something in my head that night, I just didn't understand. There was something in my head that night, I just didn't understand. Cause when you lose the one you love,
0: gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the indie revolution.
1: Gonna rock the shade, gonna scream my name, make you shout now. your mama don't like me but mine don't either we'll go call your mama tell her i don't really need her while you're at it call your daddy and girl you better hurry we'll take it real slow ain't no need to worry They don't give a damn about rock and roll They said, boy, you better stop, put down your guitar You know that you ain't ever gonna make it very far Baby, do you wanna go? Back in time and we can take it slow She's a little upset Cause I would never kiss her We can keep it all a secret If it's how you
4: Take a knee.
5: You can take all my money, you can take everything I own, you can take my reputation and tear me right down to the bone, you can take anything I don't care. You can send me to prison. You can send me to war. You can send me to your kitchen. I'll do all your chores. You can send me. Anywhere, I don't care Baby, as long as you're there
6: No, I'm gonna cut you loose. you lose. Push me out over baby, push me out over. That I'm a holder, but I ain't up blue. Oh, oh yeah, I'm gonna cut your loose you lose baby now
7: under my hood. Chopping on wood, the eight slapping, pistons kicking under my hood. It's just a chopping on wood Eight slapping pistons kicking under my hood I got the hood.
3: You have to hear the blues in a smoke-filled nightclub on the edge of town. It's a pleasant environment, but uh, but in the 21st century, uh, you know, you don't even have to leave the couch. Just turn on the TV, in commercials, or as theme songs, you will see and hear the blues are everywhere. I'm Elwood.
8: Did you do that? Did you do the wrong can seem so right
4: But uh, until that day, I accept this justice as a gift on my daughter's wedding day.
7: your wiggle the way your hips sway it leaves me breathless
1: with nothing to say
7: He was hit by a truck, and you were lying out in that gutter dying, and you had time to sing one song. huh? One song.
0: it that's my show for tonight i hope you enjoyed yourself i hope you heard some artists that you didn't know about and enjoyed some artists that you did and remember all of these artists that i played on this show are out there right now touring and creating new original music rooted in the blues if you want to keep the blues alive, you have to support the artists who are out there creating that new music. Because it is a living art form that is being performed every single night somewhere in the world. So if you get a chance, stop by our website at makingthescene.org. You can find out about some of the great new artists and the ones that we played on this show tonight, give them to your playlist, and you can discover them on our website. So, till next time, this is Lahamadou. Tech! out of
1: here. Baby, just gone away. Back to things, never with my friend. I gone, lost my dog, I'm alone. Just fought somebody. I mean, found it funny. I got knocked in the head, man, my friend's not lying